The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and Art Van Furniture and Mattress. And a pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome into a combined version of Bears All Access, presented by IGS Energy, live from Indianapolis. Jeff Joniak, seated next to my good friend and former Chicago Bear quarterback and SiriusXM NFL Radio, Moving the Chains co-host Jim Miller. Good evening. Tom Thayer in studio. Guys, we're talking nothing but football. We're talking 40 times tonight because it's the first time it's prime time. Yeah. So it's happening as we speak. Yeah, it is. Well, you just wonder how the the players are going to re- react, Jeff. You know, it, uh, you know, players are entertainers from a certain aspect of it, and you just you want to put on a good show every time you go out there. And it is in in prime time. Has never been like that before. We're already seeing some pretty good forty times. That Chase Claypool. I mean, he's a legit. He's just under or over six five as or just under six five. I should say as a wide receiver out of Notre Dame. He busts a four five four. I mean that is incredible for a receiver uh, at two thirty eight. At two thirty eight. So. Yeah, that's unbelievable when you when you think about a couple other uh, good times that are out there. Justin Jefferson from LSU, the wide receiver, he helped himself out tonight. Four 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 is what uh, he's going to run, and excited to see the quarterbacks work out tonight and just how they throw. We know a couple guys aren't going to be throwing. Joe Burrow, obviously from from LSU, but I'm telling you, man, that Justin Herbert. Just to, continues to help himself. He ran, you know, for him to run a, a, a sub four seven forty, and you watch, he's going to rip it tonight. I think Herbert is removing a, a lot of doubt in, that is surrounding him at this combine. So, Tom Thayer, you, do you have the uh, the TV on and watching some of this stuff in studio? Because uh, there there is particular interest, obviously, in what could be a record breaking night for the forty time uh, with the receivers, um, and then. The tight end position is something of interest, of course, for Chicago Bears fans because it's possible the Bears will dip into the draft for a tight end. I don't know if they will, but it's quite possible. And some of the times put up already by the tight ends. And Claypool himself has been asked to work out as a tight end as well, Tom. So are you watching this stuff with great interest? Yeah, of course I am. Uh, Can you hear me, Jeff? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. I can hear okay. you. Okay. Yeah, of course I am. You know, and again, Claypool, impressive. And if he's got the size and the structure and the ability to stay within the, the wide receiver position, I'm not moving. They had Komet, the tight end out of Notre Dame, who had a, you know, was having a good showing for himself. But, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because I messaged you, you know, hey, what's the most productive guy that's yeah. ever run the fastest 40 time? Because I'm – kind of lose an interest in the 40 because I think it's more important what ultimately they develop their specific skills into and that's going to be the judgment day whether they can play or not and but um, again when you look at the size of the wide receiver position uh, Claypool I think he made some money for himself by the way he ran. Well, John Ross is the leader of all time at 4-2-2. And, uh, John, uh, Cincinnati Bengal drafted in the ninth, in, uh, the ninth overall pick. You had Chris Johnson at 4-2-4, had a great career, three-time Pro Bowler. Then it starts to dip a little bit with some names that people are not going to remember, uh, including uh, Jerome Mathis and Dre Archer. And then you go down a little bit, Stanford route back in the day. Champ Bailey, a Hall of Fame career. It's hit and miss. As you might expect at that position, because it's not how fast you run, it's how fast you can carry your pads and then translate that to to football uh, activity. So 
can you play football and run that fast? We'll continue the conversation. We'll be joined by the newest Chicago Bear, Demetrius Harris, to enjoy the program as well. Bears side him last week. It's his Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller here in Indianapolis, and Tom Thayer in our Chicago Score Studios. Uh, Tom, what's uh, caught your attention so far in terms of the conversation regarding the Bears, what you heard from General Manager Ryan Pace and Head Coach Matt Nagy uh, here on uh, Tuesday morning? You know, I, I'm glad to hear the word competition repeatedly, Jeff, amongst the roster, because I don't want anybody concluding the season last year and think, okay, their name is etched in stone in the position they play. And when they talk about competition, I think it's really motivating to the guys that are at that second-tier level trying to inch their way up their, their you know, to maybe earn a roster spot. So um, I like the competition repeated because it, it's a factor in the weight room in preparation to get ready for the regular season. So I was encouraged by Ryan repeating that phrase. But specifically, uh, the attention-gathering, Jim, the, the quarterback position. Sure. I, I think you want to bring in legitimate competition. You know, it's it, you know at, at every position because we even saw it last year. You know, your starter can go down. Your backup's got to get in there and play and play well and, and play at a starter level. And, you you know, we, we've talked about, obviously, the experience factor. You know, can you legitimately draft a young quarterback that's going to step in and challenge? I think we have seen it happen. Think of last year with Gardner Minshew and how it unfolded for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And even Doug Marone, their head coach, said it's going to be a legitimate battle between Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew heading into training camp. So whether it's a veteran, I know we've talked to Andy Dalton, uh, Case Keenum. There's some veterans out there that potentially, one, you like the experience factor that you've got a veteran in the building that continue to bring along uh, young quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky, but legitimately challenge him and would probably be an upgrade to, to what Chase Daniel uh, brings in terms of the competition level. And, and Tom, the, the conversation regarding Mitchell Trubisky certainly was a, a major topic of the session with Ryan and, and Matt uh, later on with the national media at the podium here at the Combine. And I should also clarify, Jim, I, I don't know why I forgot about this. Uh, I think I've been here too long. Tom's in Maui. So I keep saying he's in Chicago. So Tom's family, don't worry. He's t safely tucked away on the beachfront. Sorry, Big Tom. That's all right. <laughs> but, but you know, it wasn't a surprise, the conversation at all, because people want to know what's going to happen at the position. And, and frankly, beyond whatever opinions there are about Mitchell Trubisky and uh, the belief or the lack thereof of, of people. Uh, there's a belief in the organization that they're going to be able to get this mm -hmm. offense going in the right direction with added pieces and his development. But also, th they don't have anybody on the roster right now. Right. So you, you're going to have to go into free agency to get that competition or, as you pointed out, drafted. So none of it should be surprising, the conversation. No, I think the one interesting thing when Matt uh, Nagy joined us on uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio, I like what he had to say about, you know, sometimes you can have too many voices in the quarterback's ear. You know, when you got, you know, here Bill Lazor's brought on board and then Ragone has, has moved to the passing coordinator and John DeFilippo, he's, he said, no. He goes, I want DeFilippo to have that role. And he said, no, I want to be the supplement uh, to that. And he understood that and I think that'll help Mitchell Trubisky as well, that you're not getting too many voices in your, but to have a savvy veteran, I always think is, is important to have a sounding board. You know, I look at the quarterbacks, say how, 
how when you look at Patrick Mahomes, how he's brought in, Alex Smith helped him along. Granted, it was for a year, and he knew when they drafted Patrick Mahomes he was going to be moving on. He's a first-round draft pick, but what they do? They went out and got a veteran in Chad Henney to bring him along. I bring it up about Josh Allen. You think about he went through his first NFL training camp in OTAs without a veteran presence there for the Buffalo Bills. And Sean McDermott recognized it, went back to a familiar face, Derek Anderson, who we knew from time in, in Carolina, and then they brought uh, Derek Anderson on board to help the young Josh Allen along. So I do think it's important, and I do think not only from the veteran experience side of things, but a guy who can legitimately challenge, push a young quarterback to get better moving forward. Well, Tom, I even think about the Super Bowl year 06. Uh, I, get, I, I bet many people forget who was on that roster in terms of the quarterback depth chart. Mm. You know, Brian Greasy. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, I, you know the thing about competition. I don't think Mitchell Trubisky has ever shied away from competition, and I think competition is good for everybody. I think it's very motivating through the course of your career. Um, but I still think that Mitch is going to walk in the building as the number one quarterback, and everybody lines up behind me day one, rep one. And so I, I, I still think it's all about how Mitchell Trubisky can improve Mitchell Trubisky. Don't worry about improve myself better than the guy behind me. And, you know, to me, I wish there was more conversation about Tyler Bray. I I don't want him to be a forgotten about entity because he's got a great deal of experience in the system. He does have arm talent, and obviously he's had to be developing his game throughout the, you know, the, the years of service that he's had in this system. So, you know, I, I just don't want him to be left behind with no conversation following him. Tom, Tom I know you're watching the XFL uh, quite a bit, so you, you seem to have a, a great interest in what's going on there, as you did uh, with the short-lived uh, American Alliance of uh, American Football, or whatever it was called again, I forgot. But And you're always looking at the quarterback position. Anybody stick out there that you would like to maybe take a flyer on at this point? You know, there's two guys. There's, uh, I think it's P.J. Walker's his name. He's the quarterback for Houston. And then there's the quarterback for the St. Louis team, um, Ta'amua. Or so I'm, I'm not really sure how you say it, but this quarterback from St. Louis, he does everything so perfectly. I, I, you know, he's worked hard on his talent, but his passes, uh, you know, his – the passes towards the sideline are direct. There is no, um, you know, jumping or leaping for the receiver catching the ball. He's immediately attacking downfield. He's very patient. He's quick. He's confident. So I just think that the reps that these guys are getting is, are, is so valuable because there's a lot of guys in the NFL that are practice rosters or third-team quarterbacks that get no reps to improve themselves or impress an audience in front of them. Yeah, especially if the, the new CBA passes, and it sounds like there'll be even less practice time and less in pads is what, it, what it's going to be. So those cross scrimmages are going to be huge. But what Tom's talking about, I mean, those extra repetitions are invaluable. I, I played over in NFL Europa. The Steelers allocated me over there. Unfortunately, I, I broke my wrist, but it was still it was more reps. It was reading defenses. It was delivering the football. It was adjusting in the pocket with live bullets firing around you and I came back that that year in 95 and had my you know what was it was only my second training camp but it was it was a one of my better training camps because I really went from NFL Europa straight into to training camp with the Pittsburgh Steelers and I just felt more growth more confident trusting what I was seeing and it was just all those live reps of professional football 
with guys that were competing around the National Football League. And a lot of guys, we know Kurt Warner has come from there. Brad Johnson was with me over there. Guys that went on and, and had successful careers. So for the coaching aspect of it, from the players aspect of it, there's there's more jobs, more opportunities, and even for officials to get live action calling games, I think is big as well. All right, time to uh, change gears a little bit away from the combine talk. And a guy who's uh, got some time invested in the National Football League now, uh, going into his seventh season, newest Chicago Bears tight end one quite familiar with head coach Matt Nagy please welcome to Bears all access tight end Demetrius Harris Demetrius good evening and thanks for joining the show how you doing What's up? I'm doing fine How about yourself appreciate y'all for having me yeah uh, we're doing great uh, we're really uh, knee deep in the in the football talk right now here at the combine and uh, excited to have you aboard I know you are too because uh, their familiarity breeds success, my man. And you got five years uh-huh. in that system in Kansas City with with Coach Nagy. Uh, is that a big uh, a big benefit to you to to dive right in and, and help out this football team? Oh uh, yeah, most definitely. Cause I uh, like you said, I've been in that system for five years, and I and I kind of like mastered the the playbook there. So I mean, I know all the ins and outs and where other players going to be or need to be or the timing of the like the quarterback timing and stuff. So, I mean, that's that's really good because I know, I know the system inside out. Hey, Demetrius, your basketball background, I'm kind of curious because as we sit here and we watch the combine, you see all these guys that invested four years in the football programs or their college or three years, whatever, and now they're at the combine. You being a basketball player, how does the NFL gauge your interest in rerouting your talents back to the NFL? Uh, I mean, I just, you know, that was kind of my dream, dream to be in the NFL. Like, that was my first love, uh, football. So, I mean, I just went off. Um, I got I got signed to Arkansas State, but I uh, my ACT score wasn't high. So, I uh, actually took the JUCO around and played basketball at JUCO. And Arkansas State tried to sign me, like, after my two years of JUCO, tried to sign me in the duo scholarship. So, I was just. I just stuck to basketball, so I mean, I went up to UWM Milwaukee and I uh, played up there. And I mean, I never knew John Dorsey was coming to my games or or anything. And he was the player scout of um, the Green Bay Packers. So I mean, I was just playing basketball, and you know, once we and he was coming to my games, I never knew. Like he he used to tell me the story. So I mean, I never knew, and he just he just called me after uh, our uh, my senior year, and he was just saying, "Do I want to try out?" So I, I mean, I had like three days to prepare for like a pro day for the Chiefs. And it was like, I mean, I ain't touched the football in, since like 2009 at the time. And it was like 2013. So, I mean, it was just, it was just a blessing, like a blessing journey to be on. Demetrius, Jim Miller here. Welcome to Chicago. And I've always brought it up about it being a tight end centric uh, offense. You know, when you look at Andy Reid and how the tight end is is utilized in your athleticism uh-huh. and all that. And and certainly Kelsey's had a, had a great career and you've had opportunities yeah. to get on the field like last year in Cleveland. You know, they get the injury to uh-huh. you and you get able to get in there and, and get six uh, games started. Maybe talk about that, about just an opportunity to potentially showcase your skills as maybe a true number one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I kind of had that uh, opportunity last year, but I mean, things happen inside, like inside the locker room or whatnot, or inside what happened to the coach. They, uh, I actually had an opportunity, and I feel like I did very well, and I did good, and I showcased uh, very well, and I just didn't get another opportunity to to keep playing. And I mean, I kind of got a concussion and was out for a week, so. I mean that kind of hurt hurting me, but I mean I was doing well in Cleveland last year. I feel like it was kind of like my best 
best year I didn't have. So, I mean, once I get the opportunity, that's when I can I can feel like I can show everybody and take off, you know, like I know I can. So I'm just really wanting that opportunity. Demetrius Harris, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. Jeff Joniak with you. We're live at the Combine in Indianapolis where workouts are going on right now. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, Demetrius, when you think about it. Uh, there, there's so many different uh, letters to describe the different tight end positions, the Y tight end, and in this case, in this offense, the U tight end, and how they're flexed, how they're used. And uh, I'm seeing some of these numbers being put up by tight ends these days. Uh, it's pretty remarkable the type of athleticism now at that position, and, and you realize uh-huh. just how much of a best friend the tight end always has been, but now it seems to be just more versatile in that regard. With that being said, what's the best thing you could do for a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky at your position? Uh, I mean, just be on the same time. like the, Just be on the same time because I know, like, uh, you know, I know the offense and I know how, how it works, so I mean, I feel like I could be reliable and be be on time and, and a big red zone target. I mean, I love to be in the red zone. So, I mean, just a big red zone target he can count on, you know, just to throw it throw it up or uh, just give me a 50-50 ball, give me a chance and let me go get it. And, you know what I'm saying? Just show that ability what I got it. And I haven't really kind of got the chance to do it. But, I mean, I did it some, but I just want to have a full opportunity to do it. Hey, Demetrius, when you avoided all the punishment in the four years of college football, do you feel even at this stage of your career that your body is a little bit fresher than some of the other guys that had to absorb that um, and just with the change in the transition of a basketball to the physical side of football? Uh, I mean, at first, it, like when I got in the league, that I feel like that was advantage of mine. Like when my first two years in the league, like I feel like, I had advantage of not playing football, but now it's kind of like my body is all like everybody else's body. I mean, it's sore. I mean, I go through a full season just like everybody else. So, I mean, going into my seventh year, so I feel like, you know, well, eighth year, going to my eighth year. So I feel like, you know, my body kind of the same. But, like, beginning of my career, I feel like it was it was a difference. Well, you mentioned the comfortability getting back in, in Matt Nagy's offense, uh, offense you ran in Kansas City, I guess – expectations like you give the the listeners out there the Chicago Bears fans the type of player that you believe you'll be delivering as a Chicago Bear uh just just the energy energy guy and and just love to have fun and and just like to win you know because I I I I experienced some of the the AFC championship and it's nothing like it so I mean I want I want to get back to that position and, and also get to the Super Bowl and win so I mean I'll just bring that energy and bring that fire and show up every day and, you know, do my job. Again, we're with uh, tight end Demetrius Harris, the newest Chicago Bear. Uh, spent a year with the Browns, but five with Kansas City, but uh, played his basketball at uh, UW-Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know if people realize it, but th- they used to have football there. Remember Mike Reinfeld? Yeah. Mike Reinfeld used to play there in uh, uh, 1983 at eight-year career, was a Houston Oilers all-pro safety, but they dropped the football game, uh, football program in 1974. When you were playing hoops, I know you say you still love the game, but did you always have an eye on basketball, and was the NBA ever going to be a possibility? Uh, no, I really wouldn't. I had, I had uh, three trials with the uh, Bulls, the Bucks, and the uh, Timberwolves, and I, I'm like, I didn't take basketball <laughs> that serious, so I'm just like, no. So I was actually going overseas. I was about to sign with a uh, agent to go overseas. Like the um, like the day the day after, like they called, like Dorsey called the day before. I was about to sign with an agent the next day for basketball. 
But yeah, I most definitely didn't have like that vision of the NBA like I did the NFL. So once I heard that, uh, I uh, took I took it. All right, Demetrius, we're going to let you go. I uh, really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you here on the off-season program. Gets cranked up, and welcome to Chicago. Yep. Uh, certainly going to U, uh, UWM, you know what, what Chicago's like. I'm, I'm sure you dropped in a few times to say hello to, to the people, but uh, great place to play from football, and we're looking forward to having you. Yeah, appreciate you. Demetrius Harris here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 Score with Jim and Tom. I'm Jeff. Let's take a break. We'll be more from the Combine after this. Back with you from the Scouting Combine at the uh, Indianapolis Convention Center where it's much more quieter than it was earlier today when the players came running through. A totally different setup. Jim Miller here, Tom Thayer out in Hawaii, joining the program. And thanks to you for listening tonight. Just heard from Demetrius Harris. Before we get into more about him, uh, what do you think, Jim, of the new timing? Uh, certainly the morning, first thing in the morning, players are talking to the media. They're out of here by 11 or noon. Uh, tomorrow even earlier, and then it's the primetime show uh, at night. Uh, it's it's very separated. It's very different than anyone I've uh, been around. Uh, just polling some coaches and scouts in particular, I don't think they love it. I don't think they love it. That's what I've heard. What have you heard? Yeah. You've talked to more of them, obviously. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I think uh, maybe moving forward there'll be less guys coming here. We already know John Harbaugh's not here from the Baltimore Ravens. I think Sean McVay didn't even send a lot of their staff for uh, the L.A. Rams. I think Sean McVay was only here for a, a day as well, so maybe they will be watching it more on uh, TV because it'll all be broadcasted for them. You know, the big part are the informal interviews and the formal interviews. They only get 45 guys, so they're less formal interviews. Think about it. They used to do a lot more than that. So that's been significantly uh, cut down. So it'll create more legwork for for teams. What I what do I mean by that? Of maybe who they bring in for their visits. Each team gets 30 guys, right? So that may be changed moving forward of who they elect to, to bring in for their visits because they don't get the, as many formal interviews as what they have in the past. And the bottom line is that it's still about the medical. Had some guys red flag today. They had the Jones uh, fracture. Thaddeus Moss, who's the younger son, uh, or is the son, I should say, of Randy Moss, LSU tight end. And then you had Van Jefferson, who's the son of Sean Jefferson. He's a Florida wide receiver. And this guy I played well at the Senior Bowl. Van Je Jefferson lit it up, and he's out there playing with a broken foot, <laughs> and he just got flagged here for uh, the medical. Um, you know, and I think it's interesting, too, just with the new CBA, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, you know, of uh, for, for coaches and how it's going to affect free agency. We knew it could affect the tags. Right now, the teams can apply both the franchise and the transition tag. If they go to and this gets approved, and it sounds like it'll be voted on next week from the player's side of it, one of those tags are going to be stripped away. Yeah. So and that opened today. Yeah. That, that period opened today. And tight end, I think that position alone, since we're talking Chicago Bears, is going to be affected because you got guys out there like Hunter Henry. I'll expect he's going to be tagged. Hooper may get the tag for uh, – uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, because why? Because this is not a deep tight end crop. Some did impress today in terms of their workouts. Bryson Hopkins, he's the son of uh, uh, Brad Hopkins, who's a former Tennessee Titan offensive lineman. He You're ran a four-six-four, more of an inline guy. Gets pretty savvy in his route running. Adam Troutman's getting a lot of love from Dayton. Dayton, I think he ran a four-seven-nine and four-eight-zero, but he's a former t uh, quarterback who converted uh, to tight end. And then you mentioned Stephen Clay Sullivan also. Yeah, four Sullivan. Six from LSU. Claypool, like you said, some are thinking maybe he is uh, a tight end as well. I'm missing somebody. There was one. Other, oh, Komet, oh, Komet, who yeah. uh, who uh, Tom brought up, uh, the Notre Dame tight end. The only thing about him, he's a one-year tight end. 
but he is an inline guy, and he busted a four seven for his size, and he is legit inline size in terms of the court or in terms of the tight end position. Hey Tom, you check out at all uh, the Missouri tight end? Al, they call him Big O, uh, Albert O, Big O, Albert Okuya, uh, Okuye Boonham. Yeah, is that did I get that right? Anyway, a four four nine today at two hundred fifty eight pounds. He's uh, the second fastest in NFL history since 2003 at that size and weight behind only Montez Sweat who was picked last year and the fastest for a tight end since Evan Ingram of the Giants at 4.42. I don't know, Tom, if any of that <laughs> impresses you at all, but it, it does give you uh, an insight into a very athletic, big tight end. Well, you know, what you're, tr- you're going to try to capture the attention of a scout or a coach or a team that feels there's some uncertainties about you. And if they think one of your uncertainties is speed and then all of a sudden you bust out a 40, um, you know, all of a sudden they got you, you know, you have their attention. Uh, it's much as the punter there that put up 25 reps at 225, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's what, what is going to be the shocking number? What's, what's going to be an impress you most to put you on a radar to, cons- to even consider to more in-depth evaluations. And I, I think that's what you do here is you try to open the eyes of these scouts in some way, shape, or form. Um, I think the combine is still super valuable for the players that ultimately want to get in the NFL. And I think it's important for the staffs to show some respect and be there no matter what time they run or, you know, do their mm. events. See, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%, Tom. I think, it, you know, it's the way it's always been, and it seemed to be working then. It should be able to work now no matter what the format. And, and I get it. You can watch it on tape. You can watch it on TV. But there's nothing about – there's stuff you pick up here. Well, you know, as scouts, as coaches, and as broadcasters as well. Well, yeah. I mean, one, again, everything's scoutable. You know, how does the guy react in the group when he's out there working out? You know, how is he – uh, in the interviews, when you ask him certain questions, is he disinterested? Is, you know, is it scripted? What I thought was interesting this year, pretty much at every position, they've changed up the drills a little bit. So players yeah. aren't going to be as scripted as what they were in the past and what they've been able to practice and then go out on the field and just, hey, I've gone through this a million times. That's not going to be the case this year. And the NFL didn't release the new drills or what they were going to be doing. See, I like that. Tom, weigh in on this because I, I know this is dumb. I'm going to say it right now. You got the Senior Bowl, which you attend and cover every single year, Jim. Yep. And they put pads on and they have practices. And what they learn in those, especially one-on-ones and whatnot, to me is invaluable. But when you're an well, underclassman, you yeah. don't have to go through that. Well, so you got to challenge them somehow to find out what they're all about. And, I, you know, why do they have to be in pads and the other ones don't? It'll never happen. Well, I know it's dumb. But, uh, Tom, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I you know, I, I think whatever way that you can evaluate these guys to kind of see see if they're talented, you know, whether you're in pads at the Senior Bowl. But, you know, I, I, I like the, the adrenaline flowing at the combine. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came out of college, you had to go to three different combines. But the adrenaline flowed mm-hmm. in each one of those. I think the NFL has done a nice job of simplifying the combine by bringing in one stadium, one event a year, and, and allow all this information to transfer to everybody. I, I still come, think it's the good way. Yeah, when we come back, I want to talk about a ton of, not to single them out, but it's already gone viral of something that's scoutable that is important, even though without the pads on. Don't let me forget. Okay. <laughs> we'll that's do. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. We're from the Scouting Combine. Tom's out in Hawaii talking football. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
Back with you here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Bears All Access coming to you from the Indianapolis Convention Center at the Scouting Combine. Jeff Joniak and Jim Miller. Tom Thayer in Hawaii enjoying uh, the Scouting Combine from afar, talking football. And Jim had a thought about a tight end of some interest to him uh, coming into the break. So now that we're out of the break, what do you got? Yeah, and it's about Mitchell Wilcox. And I don't say this to single him out. He's a South Florida tight end. All right, 6'3", just under 6'4", right? He played in the East-West Shrine game. But here's something that you can scout without pads on, okay? There's a drill here in the comment. They call it the gauntlet, okay? Tight end will be run right down the the chalk line across the the width of the field, okay? And on each side, you've got quarterback station where one on each side will throw you the football. And it's basically one to see how straight of a line you you can keep and how tight you can keep it down the line while you're catching these balls reacting one to your right, one to your left, and you're going right down the gauntlet in between uh, the quarterbacks. So you first, you spin around, all right? He had four tight ends go ahead of him, four. Four where he could watch that drill, understand what was asked of him and what is expected of this drill after the coach explains it. He got four examples to watch it. He comes out of his first break, looks at the wrong quarterback, realizes he screwed up, looks at the the other quarterback and gets dotted right in the face. So if I'm a coach and I'm looking at that, or if I'm a GM or a scout, and I'm going to be like, you just had four cheat sheets right ahead of you go, and how do you screw up the drill? Are you not paying attention? What was he doing before his opportunity to get up there. Nerves. Whether it was nerves, whatever. You know, but just watch the other guys in front of you and, and do what they do. And so to me, I mean, there was a lack of awareness there. And already everybody's tweeting it out. I think it was TMZ just posted out, hey, tight end gets dotted in the face, you right. know, and it's kind of an embarrassing which, yeah, moment. Which but, I don't like hearing. You know, I don't sure. like seeing that. I mean, you know, it's it's but you do find out yeah. everything about somebody. Yeah, but I, I think that's important. It's a question to ask. I mean, did, 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 you, did you not see the tight ends go ahead of you? What, what happened in this drill where it really went bad for you? you know? and, and now to watch him recover the rest of the combine. He came back and there was a red zone period, which was a new drill, where they're making the receivers tap their toe for fade stops and fade routes. And he, you know, it's, that was the drill right after the gauntlet. And it had spiraled out of control for him in the gauntlet. And now it kind of carried over into the red zone drill. Mm. You know, so I, that's a player I'd want to go back and see the rest of the workout. What is he able to recover? Can he dig himself out when what Tom and I have always talked about? You don't want a, a game to start snowballing where one play leads to a bad series, which leads to a bad quarter, which leads to a bad half, which could lead to a bad game. And he was a guy that was kind, was kind of snowballing for him. And I would go back and probably look at his workout and see if he was able to recover. Could he pull himself out of it and maybe ask him in a follow-up interview, hey, what happened here? You saw the other tight ends go ahead of you. You know, how did you not understand the drill? You know, and then just to see his exp- or hear his explanation, what happened, all those type of things. And that's a drill. It's been out there for years. I mean, it's not like he probably could, didn't have an opportunity to prepare for this drill. That drill was run here back in 94 when I ran the drill. So it's been around for a long time, over 20 years. And it did not go well for him. Hey, Tom, nothing uh, upsets coaches more than when you you tell them what to do and you have it all laid out for you and they, they keep messing it up. Even at training camp, we see that all the time. 
Right. I mean, evaluation in the classroom is equally as important as evaluation, what you get in your stance and you put on your cleats. Because the thing about it is, is not everybody learns at the same pace in every room you're teaching. However, they all have to retain the information properly and make sure they can, they can use it at a second's notice when they're on the field and you have those changes. So all of these drills that they go through, are you paying attention? Are you uh, filtering the information to understand what we need out of you in order to, you know, to judge you properly. But, you know, for the, so this tight end, you almost think that in his pro day, this is a drill that he should run in front of the scouts just to show everybody that he understands what they were trying to accomplish in the combine. Yeah, it's always it's always scary, though, because there's nothing like a first impression. You know, yeah. you, you rarely get a second chance to make a first impression. But in this league, it is well, forgiving at times. And, you know, hopefully that kid well, will, will bounce I'll back. I'll give you an example for that. Orlando Brown, third-round draft pick of the Baltimore Ravens. He's the son of Zeus. Uh, obviously, Ozzie Newsom drafted his dad. He self-admittedly probably had one of the worst combines ever, ever. But he's the planet theory. There's only so many guys on this planet that are that, are, that, are that big. You know, so he and I give him credit because after that, the combine was over and he's been with Baltimore, I think two, three years now is what he's going on. And he said, no, he goes, I did horrible. Came back his pro day, improved his bench, improved everything, gets drafted by the Ravens. He's a pro bowler. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of guys that have starred here and busted out. Obviously, so there's the other side of that coin. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Old Spice. Never let a friend lose his swagger. Jeff and Jim and Tom Thayer with you. Uh, Jalen Rigger, a TCU wide receiver of note who could be one of those uh, 4'2", 4'3", 40 guys. uh, 11'6", broad jump and a 42-inch vertical jump. He called it out, too. He did. Pat and I interviewed him uh, the day before he was supposed to work out. And depending on his bench press, normally the explosion number you're looking for is 70 or over. That tells your explosive player. So it's your bench press plus your broad jump uh, plus uh, your vertical. And he had a. He said he'll do a 42 inch vertical, and he did. And he said I'll get close to 12 foot broad jump, and he did 11.6. So I'll have to go back and now add in what he did for his bench. I guarantee you, he's probably close to that 70 number. Yeah, and I know you know some folks don't care about all this stuff, but it's it's just happening now. So I'm going to fire it your way. Jalen Hurts, the official according to the NFL.com, is a 4.540 for the Oklahoma quarterback. Justin Herbert officially 4.69. Jacob Eason, uh, 4.83. Yeah, which that to me that's a good number for for Herbert for as big as he is. You know, he's six six. He's got a big arm. He, he proved that down at the uh, the Senior Bowl, and I give him credit because uh, you know we know some other guys aren't working out. Obviously, Joe Burrows is not working out, but Herbert said no. I'm going to come there. I'm going to do everything. Uh, some questioned uh, you know his leadership and all his tape and how fierce of a competitor he is. He balled out at the Senior Bowl, and I think he's stacking it up here. That's a good time for a quarterback of his size to move like that, and I guarantee you he will rip the football tonight on national TV. Uh, Tom, hey, uh, go back to Demetrius. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Hold on, I got, a, I got one question for you. So there's, there was some attention paid that people wanted Jalen Hurts to run as a wide receiver. So if he goes out in the wide receiver line and he runs a 4 5 40, I, I think, you know, that's why he said, look, I'm a quarterback. That's what I'm going to play. And a 4 5 40 is good for a quarterback, but a 5 4 5 4 5 40 is not great for a wide receiver. So it's, it's interesting that Jalen Hurts is, is um, convicted in his talent as a quarterback. And, and he should be. You know, Lamar Jackson. 
said that as well. Some of the thought that he would play another position national football. He said, hey, I'm a quarterback. I've always been a quarterback, and that's what I want to be at the next level. Trace McSorley, last year, he was drafted by Baltimore, coming out of Penn State. A lot of people wanted to work him out at the safety position, and even Baltimore said, we're going to utilize him. We're going to utilize him as a slot receiver. We will try him at safety, but he ended up, because uh, Griffin got hurt in the preseason, Trace played really well at the quarterback spot, and I think a lot of people are looking at Jalen Hurts like that. So let's say if they if they don't work out a deal with Griffin, maybe Baltimore is a landing spot for Jalen Hurts because if you're going to have mobile quarterbacks like that, you probably want three of them. Um, Kyler Murray is, a, is another guy. He's been in that spread, wide-open offense. Cliff Kingsbury runs it. And Jalen Hurts, because he played so well for Oklahoma last year and how he threw the football, I think he's going to do just fine. And there's some teams out there that are going to value that at the quarterback position. What if Kyler Murray goes down? They don't want their offense to change. His legs are a big part of it. Maybe Jalen Hurts is an answer out there in, in the desert. And I like the fact he's played in big games. So. Oh, he's, uh, I, I, you he's know. 22 or he's yeah. 26 and 2 as a starter at Alabama and he went 12 what was it, 12-2 and two last year at Oklahoma? Hey, He's a winner. Do, hey, uh, switching gears to Demetrius Harris once again because he talked about the red zone, Tom, and that's obviously you – know, tight ends can own the middle of the field. They can own the seam, but the red zone for me is is the pay dirt uh, portion of it for a tight end. And while he's only had 11 catches in the red zone, his career, eight of them have been for touchdowns. So, you know, you, know, you think about a guy that can post up. He can also be inline blocker for you and help you. Those are values that we thought we were getting uh, out of the tight end group that didn't materialize in 2019. Well, you know, that is the one position on the field that you can use basketball skills the most because body positioning in the small window of a red zone sometimes is what gets you open. And that was one of the questions that I had interested in asking Demetrius about how his basketball skills can benefit him from the 10-yard line in. All right, Tom, we're going to talk offensive line and running game. When we come back, Adam Staszynski is here, along with Sean Anderson, helping out the show today, producing it. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And back with you. One more segment to go here on Bears All Access. It's moving quickly uh, because there's a lot to talk about. This segment of Bears All Access brought to you by CDW. People to get it, learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak and Jim Miller here in Indy. Tom is in Hawaii breaking it down. Tom, uh, did anything about what uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy discussed on Tuesday uh, spark your interest in terms of the run game, the offensive line, and just who will be in charge of it? It sounds like uh, Bill Lazor will be uh, coordinating the offense, obviously, in that uh, position, overseeing the, the work of the offensive line coach, uh, Juan Castillo, and the run game in general. Well, you know, Along first of Clancy all, Barone. I... Yeah, I, I like that Ryan, or that Matt already, already has a relationship and a familiarity with Juan Castillo because there's a lot of new voices, a lot of new bodies, a lot of new football minds in that room. And I think you have one that is such an important facet of your the entire of your offense and you're talking about the offensive line play. Juan's got plenty of experiences. He's seen every defense that he's possibly going to face. But, um, you know, I, I think as is an important – in terms of what they need to be successful at this year, 
uh, for the whole team to improve because I thought it was an element that really held them back. So um, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a redesign of the running game. I just going to, you know, a bit, little bit of better understanding by a young running back in David Montgomery. Better quarterback play by Mitchell Trubisky, but it all starts up front. So I, I like what Matt's talking about in terms of improvement and also having an attitude inside that room with so much knowledge that, you know, respecting the input from everybody. How about what you're looking for? And if you are going to go into the draft and draft an offensive lineman, uh, maybe you won't. I don't know. But uh, in terms of, you say, the running game, you don't suspect will change in terms of scheme and style. Um, how about the substance up front? What what would you like to see happen? Uh, um, you know, just more bread and butter. Because I think no matter where you play, if you're going into a hostile environment or you're playing at home, you always have a situation or three during the course of the game that you have to gain yards no matter what defense they're playing, no matter what the crowd noise is contributing. So it's just, you know, to you know, start with the fundamental basics of the running game. Be great at that, and then everything after that will improve. So, you know, you have to start with the little things. Perfect those and just keep building that tree. Jim, is it better uh, for Mitch at this point to keep Cody at center and have James Daniels at guard? It's, it seemed to complement the situation a it, little bit it, better. It definitely helped out, you know, whether that's just comfortability with, with Mitch and being with uh, Cody and reuniting those two again in terms of making the calls and just the comfortability of it. It seemed like Mitch wanted to go in that in that direction, and it did. And I thought it benefited the offense uh, towards the back end of, of the season. You know, like anything else, the run game's got to be better. I think everybody knows that. they got to get more production. So, yeah, I want tough guys, like like Tom's saying. I want some maulers that are out there. This is a really good tackle draft. A lot of these tackles can play guard as well. They have that flexibility. Like, again, if you were to tap Iowa again, Worfs is a very solid player. Um, that has a wrestling background. He's he a he won't champion. be there for the Bears. <laughs> no, I, I, I know, but there's there's some guys that are mixed in here that are Well, let me guys. ask you this, because you, and Tom, you, you're going to watch him on all these workouts. Is it my imagination or are some of these guys a lot bigger than what we've seen in here? Uh, I mean, start with Becton for one. and Becton is Isaiah like – Isaiah from you, Georgia. You ever see that movie Monsters vs. Aliens? I call him <laughs> – his name is Gigantor. Oh, my. Guy's got a seven-foot wingspan. He's 364 pounds, and he can move. He can move. I think he'll be the first tackle taken. If you interview that kid – Yeah, some saying Giants at four. <sighs> he's impressive, man. He is impressive. But the other guys are, are impressive as well. You know, obviously Andrew's getting a lot of love at the tackle position, but Jedrick Wills is a, is a solid player from Alabama. Becton that we talked about, Josh Jones, the Houston tackle, is getting a lot of love. He's got very light feet and a powerful punch, and the tackles are really, well, he, really He good does players. admit, too, you know, they said, hey, you know, and Tom, you, you're going to love hearing this because any offensive lineman says, hey, they got a, a lot of work to do. I don't care if they're 10 years in the league or, or 20, uh, but he says, yeah, he goes, I got a lot to learn. You know, but his athleticism and the size and being a mauler is only as good as your athleticism with it. Right, Tom? Yeah, exactly, Jeff. And I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, Jeff, a couple years ago when we when the Bears went out and they practiced for a week against Denver, I remember standing there on one on ones and watching Von Miller. And I'm watching this guy and I don't care the size of the offensive tackle he's playing against. If they can't move or bend to Von Miller's strengths, you're not going to block him anyway. So it's 
you can admire the size of some of these prospects, but you got to see, Jim, you talked about foot movement. you got to look at knee bend. you got to look at arm extension and their ability to focus in punch properly. Because if you get a guy out there who's 6'9 that can't move, Von Miller will have six sacks by the end of the day. So, you know, <laughs> it's always you, you got to respect the competition you're going to be playing against also. All right, we'd like to break this down in great detail, but our time has run out. Tom, appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying Hawaii. Of course. Yes, yeah, simple as that. Jim, I know you still got a lot of work to do uh, tomorrow here at the Combine. Always good to see you running around Indianapolis. Uh, you're a man about town, and you're a man about this uh, SiriusXM radio studios here, and thank you to SiriusXM for letting us use the studios today. Uh, you've been here all day, every day. It's been, it's been fun watching your work. Absolutely, Jeff. I love it, man. You know that. It's football. Let's go. All right. For Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks, Adam Stadzinski and Sean Anderson. Thanks to our guest, Demetrius Harris, and thanks most of all to you for listening. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.